Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're here with Comic Will Purpura. Will Purpura, how the hell are you? Hey. Dude, yeah, it sounds like you're fucking kicking ass and taking names. You're making us la- laugh during the quarantine, and that's Will Purpura across all social platforms. What have you been up to? Well, I've been, uh, you know, I've been, whew, I've been just uh, trying to stay sane. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, just, I mean, like, uh, you know, I'm I'm writing and doing st- stuff like that, but mostly just, like, you know, reading uh mental strength books and uh (laughs) and self-help books and like trying to i figure if i read all of them by the time this quarantine's over i'll come out and i'll just like i know all the things like i know it's been burned into my brain don't have negative thoughts yeah you know stay positive yeah (laughs) i like how they say that it's like stay positive like it's like that didn't occur to anybody (laughs) like not to have negative thoughts like but yeah, yeah. I blurred Austin on and we had a big old home improvement, uh, personal improvement episode. It'd be funny if we had a home improvement episode. But on the way out, I was like, dude, see, I don't need to go to therapy. I'll just listen to Blair Dawson. So uh, reading all the books or, you know, trying to get your therapy secondhand from all the comedians is just the right way to go. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Absolutely. you're doing you, you did a Zoom show with Dustin Chafin recently. And are you doing rooftops and uh, parks now? I'm I'm going to start doing that. You know, I was uh, I'm out in Long Island right now, so I haven't been really driving out. But I I, I tried to do one on Friday, and then I, I it didn't work out. But I'm thinking about starting this week doing that stuff. Oh, cool! And so you're you're based in Long Island now. Have you hit governors yet, or don't you have it in there? I I have no. no actually, I just got back to New York. Uh, oh. back in March. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was in North Carolina for like two years. There you two go. Two and a half years. And two and a half got, years what the yeah. fuck really yeah yeah i was i was i was just starting out in new york comedy before that for like a year and a half or two years or something like that and then i went down to north carolina for two and a half years and then i just got back in february this year yeah because i mean i, I fucking for for some reason i've just known a will purpura i mean your face is all over the place but it just it surprises me that you were in north carolina for two years and then when did you get to long island then well, I grew up in Long Island, okay. and uh, so this is where I'm from. And I was doing comedy in New York for like two and a half years, two years, something like that, before mm-hmm. I went to North Carolina. And then I got back to Long Island, New York City, whatever okay. you want to call it. And was the time well spent in North Carolina? Were you doing comedy? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, okay. Yeah, I did a lot of stand-up. Um, yeah, did it met a lot of really cool people. There's a great comedy scene down there, and really? um, did a lot of stand up. Yeah, yeah, I've ran across your name thousands of times, and I think, um, you know, I was going to have you sh- sh- try to have you on the show probably at the beginning of the year, but I might not have had your email address. But I know we have thousands of. Maybe I'm just getting this via the fact that we probably had a thousand mutual friends on, yeah, 42 mutual friends on Facebook, but. Um, but, but uh, you just all, have a, all you personal just, friends. All, oh, all my yeah. Facebook oh, I know. I, oh, I know all these people. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But like, you know, I, I, you got a good look for it. You got a good name for it. And so I was just like this Will Purpura guy. He's a badass motherfucker. And then I saw some of your topics and they include 
being introverted and trying to be mentally strong. And I'm like, wow, even the baddest asses with the best look who've been doing this in several states and several counties still have to try to be mentally strong. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I like to say I'm nationwide. If I if I, I've done I've done stand up in two states, three actually, because I've done New Jersey. There you go. Uh, you know that's that's nationwide. I mean, like that, that that's uh, that's the triangle of comedy. Yeah, you do oh, not have to visit other states now. Like you can all you can say national touring comedian after two states, three states. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. So how do you? I mean, and what did? Like for me, I've moved back and forth between Chicago and New York City, and I think it's kept me from doing certain things. Like if you don't put roots down and you know you're going to move, you hesitate to kind of build, you know, put your roots too deep. And I tend to think, you know, I probably have avoided certain relationships or romantic relationships as a result. And so do you find that, you know, what role did moving to several states play in something like mental health, if anything? Well, it, it definitely helps you grow, I think, as a person when you're like, you go from one place to another and you're like, okay, well, I mean, I can adapt and I can meet people and I can make friends and form relationships, you know, wherever I go. So I don't know, you know, that's just like human nature to adapt, I guess. And, uh, if, if, uh, you, you know, you could settle down anywhere you wanted to, it just depends on where your heart is and what, what what you want to be surrounded by i think going to north carolina was a revelation for me because i was like i need a city i i i like the hard i i mean like not just because of there's more comedy although that's a big thing about it too but also i'm i i thrive better when there's a lot of action around me that i don't have to interact with so it's like there's a lot of stuff going on but i can kind of walk through it and not have to it it doesn't concern me not everything that's you know so uh as as a fellow introvert i can definitely i you know empathize or i can totally relate because i'm not a people person at all but i do i do love being in the action man i think you know as a introvert i think talking to 15 comedians every other week like i'm doing today is all the social interaction i get and all the social interaction i think i really need yeah yeah i and i I don't know if you feel this way but i i you know one-on-ones for me yeah i just get a a lot more out of that than like a big social gathering yes yeah and yeah, once you read all these introversion articles, you're like, yes, absolutely. I'd rather have a deep conversation with with one person rather than have 10 shallow conversations. It's just, uh, and so I think that's kind of why the podcast is set up the way it is. And, you know, so you, you figure, I mean, had you moved down to North Carolina with the thought that, ah, maybe I would like a smaller pond. And then you're like, oh, I guess I don't. Well, I mean, the, the smaller pond is attractive because it's like you know uh you get you could there's a lot to do there's you know there's a lot of opportunities and you can uh you get booked more and you there's good open mics and um audiences at shows instead of other comedians well yeah that was one thing i was surprised at is that all the open mics have an audience they don't have uh you know uh just the they don't stick them in the back like i I started to realize that if you if you're doing an open mic at a bar it's always like stuck in the back room yes 
and uh, <laughs> at in North Carolina, it was um, right in the forefront. And I the love bartender... that you're, you're going to North Carolina bars. You're like, where's the back room? You're saying yeah, yeah, we're yeah. going to do it the... here in front of people? <laughs> are you yeah. insane? Uh, These are the new jokes. Machine? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're trying new stuff in front of real people. What's wrong with you? <laughs> that is so funny wow yes i think the only you know one of the first times i did stand up I, I fucking hit my peak because it was in chicago it was at the cubby bear in wrigleyville but right by wrigley field and there was a full audience of people and they all loved it like it was amazing oh, yeah. it was the best experience of all time and then you move to new york city we go to several greenwich village mics and there's you know three four other comedians who are paying attention at all Mm -hmm. right soul, soul crushing <laughs> and that's why i do not have the hustle for that like soul crushing activity you know going to three mics a night with just other comedians there and i guess you're making connections that's cool you guys are mm -hmm. in the foxhole together so that's something but um but yeah i do not have that uh i don't love stand-up comedy that much where i'll subject myself to that and so i mean you know now that you're back to the grind of you having to go to parks with you know maybe five people sitting there like is that going to crush any you know mental health progress you've made in north carolina because you had a bunch of real audiences laughing at you me uh well i mean uh it w when i started to do open mics again when i got back to new york i realized oh right there's no uh you know it's back to you know, people, um, it, it keeps you on your toes cause everybody's jaded to jokes. So, I mean, like it kind of pushes you to like, maybe, uh, okay, I got to write better cause I need to, <laughs> you know, make people who see the punchline, they, yeah. they know what's coming. So, you know, if you could try to find a more inventive way to present material, that's, that's always fun. If you can make the comics laugh, yeah. um, but are uh, they even paying attention? Like to laugh, they have to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> and if they're on their phone, are they hearing it? Right. Yeah. Uh, and probably not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, th there was a lot of um, in, uh, there, there's the attic at the pit. Do you know that one? Yeah, I've heard. I, yeah, I talked about it earlier today. I forgot who with maybe Gavin, Gabby Jordan Brown. I think she was talking about the the, the pit, the attic at the pit, and also Patrick McCartney, as we talked about pre-pod. I think he was talking about the attic. But have you done shows there then? I did the open mics there and okay. it was just like people kind of are forced not to look at their phones because they're ah, like, and I felt that way about the, there was the back room at the Broadway comedy club with the ice machine. Did you ever go there? No. They used to do open mics in the ice machine room. <laughs> <laughs> but did people have they, to pay attention? Like, was it a rule not to look at your phone kind of? No, no, no. It not oh, a that's rule, the opposite. But it's just like the right there in front of you so if they uh, if they take out their phone <laughs> it would be just so blatantly uh, yeah. rude uh people would still do it occasionally but it would be yeah. harder to get away with that's and, so funny you're like yeah it's actually a good mic well how come because it's just a little ass room with an ice machine well that sounds like it sucks <laughs> but they can't hide like if they take off their phone, they take out their phone, they'll you'll know and they'll get lynched. That is so cool. And so the ice machine room at Broadway Comedy Club is actually a good mic. It, well, I don't know if they still do it, but that's where <laughs> I started doing it, like where I was like making a commitment to do it at least once a week. Okay. And it was um, good to step out of the 
my comfort zone, which was like actually making eye contact with people <laughs> I was trying to present my <laughs> shitty material. What? I have to I have to make eye contact? I have to be funny too, what? That's funny. Wow, I have to make yeah. eye contact. So is that is that something you typically don't do in your uh, normal introverted life? Um, I think it's something I've learned how to do. I think, uh, it, you know, it, it's something that could, that used to be very uncomfortable for me, but now yeah. I'm used to it. And, and, and certainly on stage, I have a better, I have an easier time making eye contact with the audience. Or at least looking I, at their, in the direction of their face. But I mean, I think I've read studies recently, which have, has confirmed my hunch that eye contact is distracting, uh, distracting as hell. And that's why we yes. don't do it. That, that's why we don't do it. Like, like I think that they've finally done done those studies, and it's like hell yeah, that's what I'm saying all along. Like, how am I supposed to concentrate on what you're saying if I'm freaked out by your eye contact while you're saying it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's pretty natural. And so I mean, but but coming like it's just a Will Purpore is just this mix of of apparent contradictions because like you're a comic. But you're introverted, which you know, in and of itself, is not that unique. But but then the whole you know feeling like you have you don't have enough mental strength, like you know, I think a lot of comedians maybe they have that too. But it's, it come you know they have a big big ego, right? So how does ego play a role in like taking you from the swamps of introversion and <laughs> mental unhealth and being like you need to haul yourself out of there um, to open mics? Like you know, does ego play a part? Like. Like Will Purpore is not content to be at home and indulge his introversion because he's Will fucking Purpore. I'm an icon. I'm an people see me. I'm an icon. I have to get out there. Like, do you have an ego? Is what does Will Purpore have an ego that drags him out of the introversion swamp? Yeah, I guess I do. I mean, like, uh, I'm trying to think of like how my. I think if anything, my ego prevents me from doing that kind of stuff and yeah. i try to battle my ego because like it took i started i think late to the game i was like 27 when i started to really do it and i think my ego was always going like well they're gonna hate you they're gonna be laughing at you they're gonna you know like they're not gonna, old man you know you like 27 year old old man get you know go back to go back to the nursing home 27 year old <laughs> <laughs> right yeah yeah and keep in yeah, mind you're speaking to a 42 year old so <laughs> we'll, tre we'll tread yeah. yeah we'll tread lightly here but I, yeah it's, i have the same concern i'm gonna go there and there's gonna be these kids like what the fuck is old man doing here well what what age did you start i think i mean i think i might have done it back when i was roughly 27 yeah that's okay. the that's the age man where you start getting the itch you're like i gotta do this shit and i moved to new york city and i was like nope i'm not gonna do these open mics fuck it but 20 <laughs> 20 27 is that itch man you, you either turn to heroin and die like somebody like kurt cobain or you turn to stand-up comedy like brian and will yeah i i, I mean so uh, like i think for a very because i always wanted to do it but i was always like afraid of what people would think about me which is ego you know the fact that you think you're you hold any space in the minds of anybody <laughs> you know when they're usually thinking about themselves and uh, sure yeah. they probably do say things on occasion but it's it's there and it's gone and you got to just like plow through that i'm very yeah. concerned about you know what people think about me and i try to battle that because ultimately it doesn't matter you know yeah. and but I, 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 I love that because you do have, you know, paranoia is the same thing as ego and arrogance and shit like that. Like, like, you know, people talk about 
yeah, it sucks when you learn that nobody gives a shit about you at all and they only care about themselves, but it's also very freeing um, because then you know that they don't care about you at all. I can go up there and put my finger on my butt and they won't really care. But if you're, if you're presenting yourself as a funny person, I guess audiences might be slightly different in that they will care for the five minutes you're on stage. And so, like, yeah, if you're paranoid and freaked out that people are thinking shit about you, like, yeah, how are you able to then get up there and tell a joke that might bomb? Like, how do you deal with bombing given that you are kind of freaked out by people thinking poorly of you? Um, I think I, I, I was, like, reading a lot. I did a lot of, like, uh, in my room pre- preparation of, like, reading books about stand-up and, you know, uh, just learning about the process and just knowing that part of it was bombing and, you know, part of it was just being bad. And if I could get over that initial hump, maybe something will happen. And, uh, I, I think, and also podcasts and stuff where you just like hear about like what people went through and what they're, and I forgot who said it, but someone said like they made a commitment of like doing it once a week. That kind of like stuck in my head of like if I could just go out there and bomb once yeah. a week, <laughs> you know, maybe it'll eventually get better. And when I look back on it, it didn't work for a very, very long time. <laughs> and I'm surprised I kept doing it because it, it but I uh, you're, year, you're saying right? that re- yeah. reading reading about bombing and being like, well, it's at least it, once a week I can bomb and that'll be normal. Like that. reading the book about comedy didn't help you when you bombed. That's so funny. Yeah, and you know when you're experiencing it and you're just like, okay, th- none of this is working. I think I had like maybe, I think like uh, the things that kept me going was like you know like one joke would work. You know, like one joke out of the whole five minutes might work in some way. And then I would like keep that and like keep working on it and stuff. And then but I mean, it was like a full year, I remember, of just like not getting it in any way and being super nervous and like really not enjoying it and um, just forcing myself to do. And then all of a sudden I started to enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) And now I really enjoy it. So it was like it was I'm glad I. I pushed myself. I, I think I was at the time I was driving a taxi, so I wasn't really like uh, fulfilling anything in my life. Okay. So I was, um, I, I, I don't know. I just kept, uh, pushing myself. Yeah. I mean, so why do we, you know, why do you think that you ended up enjoying it? Like what, what clicked in your brain? You're like, I actually enjoy this fucking process. And did it have anything to do with driving a cab? You're like, well, it beats driving a cab. It gives me something to think about while I'm at my day job. Yeah, it did give me. Well, it didn't at the beginning. It didn't give me anything to look forward to because I was just like, <laughs> I just got there. I don't look and forward I to could, bombing. Yeah, yeah, I could tell, and I, could, you know, how you just like you go up there and you look at the room, and it was filled with comics, and you could just tell they don't like you, and <laughs> they just like and you you reading their mind like okay we have to endure this for five minutes yeah and uh you know i would but i kept going and i tried you know to have a positive attitude about it even though it was like hurting and then uh i think what happened was i started to um i started to experiment 
with uh -huh. my voice. Uh, you mean your comedy voice, your actual voice? At, like I started to project. Like I said, like I'm gonna throw away the material and I'm just gonna project and I'm going to I'm gonna like yell a lot and I'm gonna, <laughs> which is like which is also annoying and I could tell like everybody was annoyed by that too, but um, but I was like maybe if I do that it would loosen me up because before I was like doing like a deadpan like oh. purposely selling out my own material kind of oh. vibe. Okay. And then when I was able to get over that stage of just like yelling the stuff, I, it kind of just like loosened me up a little bit. And then I was like, started to uh, look forward to going up there. <laughs> because uh, you were experimenting with things other than the material. And so, so I was like, like I, I would always think that I would be better at improvising on stage in a stand-up comedy show. Because then, then uh, yeah, it sucks. It's super hard. But you're never like any laugh you get is all gravy, you know, because mm -hmm. you just made that shit up on the on the spot. So is it almost like you were lowering the bar for yourself? It's like I'm. Just, it's almost like you are, you know, you are focusing on things that you can control, which are things like volume, and of course you can nail that. Like you are not. You, you are. Uh, abdicating control of their laughs because you have no control over whether or not they're laugh. Like, of course that can be freeing, right? So, yeah. Super freeing. I mean, like, and coming into the attitude of like, I'm not going there for the, the laughs. I'm going there to get better. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing this as an experiment or I'm like, I'm doing this to try to get better at this one aspect or this one thing or, and one, uh, once I started having that in my brain that I was going there to uh, it kind of just to be bad, to get good eventually, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that kind of like freed me up that it was, uh, you know, it's like. Um, uh, it kind of takes uh, it, it sort of puts like um, some sort of barrier between you and the rest of the people in the room of just like I'm I'm not doing this to. Uh, uh, to um, like, I, I know you're not gonna like me, so I mean, and, and I don't mean, I don't mean, I don't mean that in in a way like I'm I'm doing something controversial. I right. just like I know I'm not there yet. I know that you're all on a different level than me, wow. and you're not, and you don't like me because I'm because <laughs> I'm just not assume, good at assume this. the assume the worst, and you're like, but I'm gonna get up here and I'm gonna say these things at this volume in this order, and if I do those things, I will call this a success. Yes. Yes. Wow. That's the yeah. secret to comedy. It's the secret to life. That's why we track him on Instagram and Twitter. He's Will Purpura. And I can't <laughs> wait to see your next show. Like, when's the next show? You got Zoom shows coming up or anything? Zoom shows. Uh, no, not really. I mean, like, um, just whatever I can get my hands on. I have nothing coming up right now. Well, you're just going to have to work those North Carolina contacts. Will Purpura, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, man.